Hey everyone, it's Mike Bonomo from Fight the Fate. I want to take this time to thank everyone for supporting the show. And if everyone could just take a couple minutes to rate and review us, it will go a long way in helping us get recognized. People start to know our names and we can take over the world. And you will be a big part of it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to another episode of Fight the Fate. Bro, bro, bro. Nah, we can't do that, dude. We'll do the reggaeton. We can't horn. do that. When there's a gun, I put the noise in. You don't put the noise in. <laughs> I can do pretty good sound effects of the guy from Police Academy. Bro, bro. All right, I gotta take all this out. Um, yeah. Well, I got uh, Sean Klein's here. You just making that noise, Brian Davies, making that noise. Bumble clap. <laughs> and today we are doing a very interesting character, John Humphrey Noise. Never trust a Humphrey. So in one of the videos I saw, they said that he was a, a person of freckles. He was a ginger. No, he wasn't. I saw a picture of him. But, okay, in the video they said he was a person of freckles. And as a fellow person of freckles, you guys can't make jokes about that. Why? And only I can. You're a demon. <laughs> you uh, this guy was... John was an American preacher, radical religious philosopher, and a utopian specialist. He was the founder of the Oneida community and one of the most successful utopian socialist communities in the United States. What the fuck? Is a utopian community. There's actually a, uh, quite a few of them up in upstate New York in like the mid 19th century, and a lot of them followed like uh, in the interpretation of the Bible, like you should take care of your brother, you're your brother's keeper. Uh, the community should take care of itself. Like it's very communal. What's a brother's keeper? That's part of the Bible. Is that somebody that keeps your brother safe? No, you're just like watch over your fellow man. That's what I just said. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mumble mouth, bitch. Um, yeah, this guy was born September 3rd, 1811 in Brattleboro, Vermont. His father, John Noyes, was a minister, teacher, businessman, and a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. So he's coming from power. A very powerful family. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of times people pad their resume on this stuff. Mm. Why? Like, he probably preached once, and he's like, oh, minister. He put <laughs> it on his business card. <laughs> I think this is just what happens before heroin, you know? <laughs> like, your uh, silver spoon kid can't just, like, not accomplish it and get on heroin, so he just makes a sex cult. Yeah, nowadays we have, like, all the fail sons and fail daughters of, like, rich people. They just, they don't, they don't make cults anymore. They just get Instagram followings. Exactly. I do. I am a big fan of the cartel kids and their Instagram accounts. <laughs> yeah, me if too. You, if you're not on that tip, get on that tip. Cartels? What about yeah, the like, lady that runs that cult and she's like a big Instagram lady? 
Um, uh, she's some. She has like a whole cult following, and they there, like teach shit. And she's, there's a new age. She's uh, like a model, cultish lady is running for a Democratic nomination. Marianne Williams. Well, maybe she can win because the rest of them can't. No, nah, people are like really inspired by her because she like has really flowery language. Oh, did you see what Biden said? What he said? Uh, <laughs> the the poor kids. I, I'm, I'm oh, paraphrasing. Yeah, the poor yeah. kids can achieve just as much as the white kids. Yeah, I, I'm really paraphrasing, but the, <laughs> no, the yeah, phrase "white kids" and "poor he, kids." He equivalent. He made an equivalency of like all black people are poor and dumb. Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. that was really bad. He's not a know. he's not a good speaker, unlike me. <laughs> John's mother was Polly Hayes. She was the aunt of the 19th president, Rutherford B. Hayes. I've blah, never blah. heard of Rutherford B. Hayes. Really? I didn't even know he was a president. Oh, he's like a lesser-known president. I don't, he didn't do much. I think I just know the name just because it's so eclectic. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's a good... It rolls off the tongue. It sounds of. like a country singer. <laughs> I don't know all my presidents. <laughs> that that, that would don't. be a good country star name because nobody really remembers his name. Ding, ding, ding. No, Next well, stage, we'll do We'll do a Rutherford episode. I punched my sweetie with my... F- Wait, I kissed my sweetie with my fist. <laughs> <laughs> Little Johnny was mesmerized by religious preachers growing up, especially following Charles Finney, a leader during the Second Great Awakening. So this is Super Saiyan 2. Like, the Great Awakening, people went, like, Super Saiyan to be religious. This is the second coming. Wait, what, who did we cover that was the Great Awakening? Wasn't that Joseph Smith? Uh, Winthrop and uh, John Edwards. Joseph Smith, though, was... He was in that. No, he, he painted with all the colors of the rainbow. No, he was That's in... That's He was in one of the uh, Great Awakenings. Either oh, there's the a lot of Joseph Smith in the history. <laughs> you know the Joseph Smith. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the Mormon guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was during one of them. My bad. And I don't know much about his early life, what he was doing as a child. He was just very religious, and his mom was, like, doted on him. He's kind of a mama's boy. Who, like, made him be religious? You think it was his father more? No, it's definitely was, his mom. His mom? No, he said his dad was cold. But his dad was a preacher. In American society around this time, it was thought that, like, the woman was more civilizing. They were a civilizing effect on, like, the frontier. And there's some, like, evidence to that. Like, a lot of women out west built buildings and stuff. Did he teach them how to have sex with people? <laughs> you think that was him or his mom? Nah, he learned that on his own. Ooh. Supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, so he went to Dartmouth College, and he was studying to... He was gonna have a. He was gonna try to study law, but after one year, he just got out of it. He just ditched it because he uh, wanted to take the high road, enrolling <laughs> at the Andover Theological School. That was to end. He wanted to enter the Christian missionary. Yeah, around this time, a lot of people would go to a uh, school to theological school. Especially in the United States, like Yale started out as a theological school, so did Dartmouth. And a lot more colleges were sprouting up around the United States around this time. So it was kind of like coincidental that the Great Awakening was happening and also all these schools were popping up. Just making a buck, charging them out the ass for the school. Yeah, colleges ain't stupid. Oh, my God. There's a recession. We need to make a ton of stupid. <laughs> How much do you think one of these theological schools was? I think it was the same as... Or you think it was less? You just donate a Bible. Or you just walk in and, like, I want to learn about God, and then they want to make you one of their followers. 
not like now, like it was like, it's way more than a year's salary just to even go to school for a semester now mm -hmm. for like the average person. But it was probably expensive, but not to the degree it is now. John felt he wasn't spending his time like God would want a young, fit, handsome man to spend it. He transferred to the Yale Theological Seminary in the fall of 1832 to spend more time studying his Bible. Does he sound like Joseph Smith a little bit? Yeah. Well, he hasn't gotten into scamming people yet. They but. would have been best friends. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He would have taught Joe how to thrust a woman. <laughs> he was all about teaching a uh, you know, good technique. He loved it. <laughs> Every day he would wake get a good lecture, give a good preaching, and lounge with his Bible, still he felt he needed to do more. Getting involved in some political activism, he started one of the first anti-slavery societies in the United States. All right, sounds good so He's far. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. sounds like, sounds I didn't like, know he was such a good guy. Sounds Typical like New England shit. Christ-like Christian so far. Yeah. So we're good. <laughs> Nothing creepy yet. <laughs> and this is where we fuck our heads explode. Because John's John blew his own mind. He made a major theological discovery while attempting to determine what year the second coming of Christ would occur. He thought, what if it had already happened? Calculating that Christ had returned to earth in 70 AD... This was already a new age, and nobody knew about it. Such a weird random date to pick, though. And how, like, he just makes this discovery in his bedroom. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense, like, in a mathematical sense. Like, Jesus died when he was 34. He came back. So another 34 some odd years later, Jesus yeah. comes back. Every 34 years, Jesus just lives out a cycle. He's like, he's, a, he's like cicadas. Yeah, he's like, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to think of what it was. Sorry. I'm like, it's, I'm like, not Groundhog. Not blah, cicada. Yeah, but how old is Christ then if he came back in 70, 70 AD? It's, it's like those leap year kids that are like, I'm only nine, <laughs> you know, but he's 40. <laughs> so Jesus is like, he just comes back for a day. Yeah, theoretically, if you did die, go to hell for three days, come back, and then wouldn't you start over again? Like your age is zero again. You're reborn. Uh, oh, are we talking What do you come out as a baby when you, when you recycle? Yeah, I mean, you just technically he'd still be zero again, is, even if he had a body of a thirty-four year old. But then he won't. That look was very like svelte Jesus. for some reason. Are we forming our own cult right now? <laughs> that is a good plan. I always wanted to do that, we and then like tell, we go, we tell little infants that they're Jesus, and we bring them in, and we start an infant cult. I thought this would be a great thought experiment to actually do, like start a cult, get devoted followers, and then like five years in. Tell all of them, I made this up just to steal all your money. And they will come up with some kind of rationale that I'm wrong. Like, huh? I'm possessed by the devil or, or like, something. you're testing them. I forget yeah. what the fuck it's called, dude. But no, they, people, they, like, will do anything to justify No, there's beliefs. a cycle. I forget what the psychological term is, but uh, for, like, that condition of just not wanting to believe the obvious truth. Yeah. Because it would just shatter your fucking Once consciousness. you spend <laughs> all your money, you spend all your time learning these things, and then they break the news that... There's an alien that just birthed a bunch of babies in the <laughs> volcano. You're already too far in. Like you're gonna now, look, you're don't not, get Scientology. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, like you can't just go back home and be like, oh uh, yeah, I just wasted all my money. Yeah, but, uh, but, but Sean, 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 
thousands of years ago, millennia ago, Boeing 747s. <laughs> they Is use that... the same things. They dress similar to us. Do they think they Boeing's dress... like a holy company because they made the instruments for the... Yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> I, I'm too poor. I'm too poor to join a certain uh, certain religion out of California and Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> Take loans out for it. <laughs> Either way, this shit was getting serious. Can I walk to my bank and say, like, I need a loan to join a religion? I need a student loan to study Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can do that, actually. Fucking Christ. <laughs> So Jesus is back. He's living on earth somewhere in some village. And this is when they came up with this thing. Like, if you were really Christian, you have to be perfect. Yeah. Perfectionist. That was what this whole thing became about. Around this time, there's a lot of like Calvinists and they have like predestination. Mm. Like they believe that like the second you're conceived in the world, you're predestined to either go to heaven or hell. So no matter what you do, nothing's going to change that. Mm. So like Puritans believe this. So they didn't believe in like charity for charity's sake to get into heaven. Mm. They thought like you should just be a good person because you should just be good. And this was kind of the spin of like you do, you live enough spirit of a spiritual life. You do certain spiritual things. You could achieve Christian nirvana yeah. of sorts where you're just in tune with the universe and God. And just like communism thought, like you shouldn't exactly, really, yeah. you shouldn't work towards like heaven. You should try and improve your material condition on earth. He kind of had the same idea with the perfectionism. Man can achieve the perfection he would have in heaven on earth. Yeah, we. I think we already made the joke, but yeah, they're they're commie Christians. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sinners are frauds. Sinners are frauds. <laughs> Noise told himself. I am a true Christian, therefore I do not dare sin. I am perfection. <laughs> this was called Christian Perfectionism. <laughs> he had surrendered his will to God and was gifted with a perfect heart. Noise told everyone. If you choose to sin, I wish eternal damnation upon you. <laughs> <laughs> Once everyone heard about this shit... Yale revoked his license to preach immediately, and it was followed by his expulsion. He wandered around the Northeast looking for other perfectionists and settled back in Vermont. What are there, just perfectionists walking around? Like, ooh, this guy looks perfect. How is he finding these perfectionists? Uh, yeah, New England's the, like, center of, like, divergent religious belief at this time. Like, because, uh... Rhode Island got started by someone who didn't believe in the uh, Pilgrims stuff. Mm. New England's full of people that are, like, going their own way religiously at this time. It's almost like politics, where, like, yeah. the religions of the time were way too strict, so the, the equal opposite, people want to leave and still believe in Jesus, but, like, yeah. you guys need to fucking chill out. Like, New England's not as religious now, but, uh, like, third-party people flourish in New England. Like, Bernie Sanders is a perfect example of that. Like, he thought of himself as a... I think he's social democrat but he caucused with the democrats before he ran so like he's an example of like a third party candidate can get elected to office in new england not so much anywhere else <laughs> well this is what john had to say about this shit i took away their license to sin <laughs> and they go on sinning they've taken away my license to preach but i shall go on preaching <laughs> nobody was gonna stop him he need, was he like trying to find Jesus though, or is he just like, nope, he exists. I'm fine. I can do this. Yeah, on my his own. ideology was like, yeah, Jesus 
does exist in heaven, but like we could be like him here. We can make Earth like just as good as heaven. This is getting out of control, dude. Yeah, like, this we, is fucking crazy. Yeah, he's kind of like we don't need Jesus. We can do it here too. I never even heard of this guy. Like <laughs> when before you guys told me, I was like, and then I started getting into it, and it's sat like it sounds familiar because it's the same type of story as every yeah. other pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nobody starts a cult and then doesn't do some hinky sex shit. We get into a lot of cults. Maybe that's why Jesus and uh, Christianity flourished, because there's no evidence of him actually doing that. Like, he hung out with hookers and didn't bang any of them, supposedly. Oh, he banged them. That was a lie. They scrubbed his record. <laughs> I heard Mary Magdalene was a butterface. <laughs> she definitely was. <laughs> so, he was forming the Putney Bible School... John taught complex marriage, continence, and the art of perfection. The first version of the school started in 36, but it didn't become official until 44. So this was just the beginning teachings where he was forming all of his ideas, yeah. wrangling people in. I don't think it was too crazy yet. Yeah, one of the uh, sources I looked at said that like around this time he was really in love with this woman she was married to somebody else so he came up with this idea of uh spiritual spouses so basically him and her could be spouses in a spiritual sense but not actually get married or be physically active with each other he couldn't put platonic friendships so yeah exactly just, uh, he just couldn't he's the original like uh friend zone fedora guy like he was uh. like oh i couldn't i couldn't you know lay the pipe so spiritually i'm laying it down so their astral bodies would come out at night <laughs> and bang each other and twirl <laughs> into the air yeah and then go back into their physical bodies did and they just, wake up did you just give away the plot to casper that is kind of what's going on that really there. is the plot to casper somebody's banging that friendly ghost that's why he's friendly. Also <laughs> underage. <laughs> that underage friendly ghost. Damn, that's what Casper's about. What a legal dilemma. <laughs> so they called these people Bible communists. Why, though? Yeah. All property and possessions belong to the community. Uh, the group marriage, uh, dividing finance, child rearing, chores, and uh, boink boink time. They reared children. Yeah, the the, the, yeah. the, the community raised almost like uh, old school villages before mm -hmm. like modern like society. Everyone Every, had like a. It takes thing. a village to raise a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and boink boink time was divided. Everyone everyone <laughs> could boink when they wanted to boink. Uh, and like they they emphasize everyone. They never say like male and female. Yeah. So I really think like everyone was just fucking. So like guy on guy. They never specifically like stipulate. Oh, it was only between male and woman. Yeah, I never saw the they research. limited it, but I never saw they endorse it either. Yeah. But, so it could have happened. Secret love. I, I don't think it happened. But in his like strand of it, you weren't allowed to like like somebody. Bro, you're telling me if I came up behind you, started spitting some sweet Bible verses and some whispers, you wouldn't <laughs> get on your knees and slob this pipe? My ass would go straight in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah, the Bible's uh, an aphrodisiac, right? Yeah, I hear that. So in, I'm about uh, to begat some, another generation up in your ass. So in 1838, John married his wife, Harriet Holton. And in the first six years, Harriet was pregnant five times. But due to four premature births, only one child survived. It's almost as if God knows. 
Well, John questioned, how could this happen? So he started studying sexual intercourse. <laughs> to get this work done, he decided it would be best if he and his wife lived in separate houses. <laughs> it's not that I don't like you and I don't want to have sex with you. I just don't want you to have to go through the burden of childbirth Just again. meet me in the astral realm tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm astrally banging other people for your well-being. <laughs> wow, know? this reminds me of so many And this people. is probably where he gets the idea for sex mentoring. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, he probably just thought he was fucking wrong and he should have been taught to fuck earlier. <laughs> so, uh, sex mentoring in the Oneida community. Uh, older people, male and female, would have sex with uh, adolescent members, a.k.a. children of the opposite sex, to teach them how to fuck. Yeah, the girls were, like, 10 and the boys were about 12 when they started this. Yeah, so, like, once you once you couldn't do shit, like, around the farm or the community, make silverware, yada, yada, yeah. you were just basically, like, a fuck coach for underage people. One of the cool things about the community was like the average uh worker or like uh tradesman at this time like by federal like data worked like 90 to 100 hours a week mm -hmm. and by all accounts they only worked like maybe like 10 12 hours a week mm -hmm. like actually doing the industry like making the silverware and they made like traps for fur trappers they're busy fucking kids yeah they had a lot of free time so why not yeah <laughs> well they were they became so successful later with their businesses but how young are we talking here with these children teaching yeah. them sex this is like the children of god cult between 10 and 12 yeah, yeah this is like exactly well they started at like 3 the children of god they're like but they're they flirty were, fuck, fishing they were not <laughs> but it is kind of like the same the same shit going on but do you think he really believed his shit like he was really getting closer to God or and stuff this way, or do you think it was just for his personal gain to start banging children? He did practice what he preached. It seemed like, but he had a. So it's okay now. But he well he also had so a. So it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's. I was okay. getting to the bad part. He he had <laughs> this system. He seemed to follow it, but the bad part was he had a council that he was on that would determine if someone could have kids. And it was whoever was most devout, so whoever was, like, on his good side. Yeah, and also, like, I read that it was, uh, he, he got to choose, yeah, but, like, it he would pair devout people mm -hmm. with people who hadn't drank the Kool-Aid yet. Mm -hmm. So, like, to try and build up the spirituality of the community. I don't know, he, as far as, like, uh, as far as creepy sex goals go, <laughs> this is, like, on the lower end for me. So th there's a lot of progressive shit, like uh, male countenance. So when boinking, the goal is to boink as long as possible and not to just shoot boink, boink, goo as you feel, uh, as it you was, feel the tingle in your nethers. It you was know? no nut November every there, It was like there was an emphasis on like giving your lady the pleasure, you know? Did they call it boink? I call it boink. Uh, I thought, you know, they, I'm, I'm, thought that was like their official term for it. I keep reading about these cults and I do, I went about, so I don't say, uh, I, I'm trying to say fuck less and I'm switching it to boink, boink. <laughs> and my boink stick. Yeah, the men weren't supposed to finish. Yeah, and women so, were. Sort of like a pre-tantric tantric. But yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, noise was not going to follow the laws of normal society anymore. And then, like, we were getting, like, these complex marriages. Mm -hmm. That's just everyone married to everyone else at the same time or something? Yeah, so, like, communal property, but also, like, communal marriage. Did so, he start it, though, where he's like, I have all these wives? Oh, no, he started it. And then, like, he got about uh, three dozen members within a couple of years, and they all practiced it, too. So it wasn't just him and his wife. There was, like, 36 other people. 
and they were just all married to each other. Yeah, they were all, a lot of them were all about it. <laughs> big, big. <laughs> there boinkin. wasn't like certain groups where like this group's married to each other. That it's just everyone. Oh, they had different branches. Yeah, no, there there was a there was a whole. It was actually fairly well organized um, mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. like structure. It was ran like a company. Well, they became yeah. rich as fuck. Yeah. There's a uh, opposite community around this time too, actually in the same area, and their thing wasn't silverware and traps; it was furniture, and they were called the Shakers, and the Shakers actually never fucked; they never boink boinked. So, the, well, and the, to keep like new members coming in because they weren't having kids, they would go to orphanages and take all the kids, like adopt all of them, and just put them to work. Yeah, and they would like square dance kind of a lot, but never touch. Like, men oh and women would, like, dance God. with each other, but would never touch. Mm. So, like, back to, like, it's still a pedophile sex cult. So, you know, the, <laughs> all the problems you get with that and all the runoff problems. Allegedly. Uh, no, there, there's, like, testimony. Uh, um, and, and, there, and there's indictments and there's warrants. Um, so I think we can go past that. So uh, there was a eugenics program. Uh, Noise kind of believed in creating the perfect Christian, so to speak. Yeah. So, like, uh, 50, 53 women, 38 men. Went on a fuck fest. Uh, so like intense. I yeah. like that ratio. Yeah, it's a solid ratio. <laughs> uh, fuck this ratio. Um, they went on a fuck fest so intense they needed to build a new wing onto the community mansion. You know, so you got to just, we need a whole wing. Not the even mansion like a, house. That's yeah. what they called it, the mansion house. A very original title for their big house. <laughs> yeah, they weren't like Winston getting a nice name for their compound. And then like you always wonder how these things build up. Well, like he it was actually fairly progressive for women at least in the 19th century. Well, by like a lot of standards. Yeah. So like on the women the women's lib front, women had a lot of free time uh for self-exploration because of the communal child rearing. Mm-hmm. Like in most other areas of the United States, like they're solely responsible for childcare, taking care of the house, housework, this that and third getting dinner ready. Basically yeah. like a full-time job, but like when you divvy up at least child rearing, you have a little bit of time to like fuck underage kids, you know? And, and like men would do laundry and household chores too. Yeah, so it was fairly progressive. Well, this came to a little pause when the Attorney General of Vermont found out there was a group of people banging each other and they were all married to each other. So they put a, they put a warrant out for his arrest and they arrested him October 6th. 1847 so they got in there they had money though so they released them on bail and norris decided it was time to get the fuck out of there he knew a, he knew of another group of perfectionists with some land in oneida new york and the whole group packed up and headed for the promised land <laughs> that was just their little like that was a smaller community once they moved to oneida this is when they like hit their peak they just took over. Yeah. It's the only time some of them hit their peak. Hey. <laughs> they built a new mansion house that was bigger. Better. Better, bigger, better. Child fuckerier. Yeah. <laughs> so what was, like, the lifestyle like? The food? Do we know about, like, how they really live? Was it just normal life, basically, just with that stuff added to it? Or Yeah, the only, like big thing was you didn't live with a, a partner they all kind of switched partners and you weren't supposed to show particularly more affection to someone than anyone else and even your own kids you weren't supposed to spend a ton of time with them yeah so everyone like did the child rearing but like your kid you weren't supposed to like hug them in public a lot you weren't supposed to kiss them 
And if you hugged your own kid, you had to hug like all the other kids. Like basically the old school room thing. Like, the, do you have gum for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> he he saw. Uh, oh, you just set me back to fucking kindergarten <laughs> real quick. Um, I'll talk about that quick. But uh, basically, he saw like uh, like a lot of the the problems in the world as mm-hmm. a as a derivative of possession. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. And possessiveness. You know, like this is mine. This is theirs. And like, well, that's not Christ-like. Share with everybody. So when I was in kindergarten, I didn't go to a small town school, but like there was like 24 kids in my class, two yeah. different classes. Um, and like everyone knows everyone's business. So like my mom knew the poor kid in class. You and, had a poor kid in your school? Yeah. Um, Where did you grow up? School. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I brought, she, I had to bring in a separate lunch for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not had to, but like, you know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she made sure like. You could say you did. Yeah. And one time, and like again, everybody knows everybody's business. My fucking kindergarten teacher called him out and made him share this food with everybody. Nah. Like, yeah, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, and everyone knows he's the poor kid. Yeah. Like, but she made it. I was like, I, at like five years old, I was fucking livid. Yeah, that's stupid. I think I sent myself down to the principal's office. <laughs> I'm like, I need to get away from Screw you. you guys, I'm Should going have in. threw a chair across the room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nowadays you see kids, kids windmilling teachers in the face. Well, no, there's that video. You ever see the video where the kids yelling at his teacher? And She's sitting spin, at her desk. Spin kicks He's her. Like, you gotta get up and teach these kids. Oh, these I saw kids that one. Kids ain't yeah, gonna yeah. learn. These kids ain't gonna get excited with you sitting there. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. And she's like, you're going to have to leave. A lot of problems come about when, like, a community is very insular. Mm -hmm. That's when, like, a lot of abuses happen. Because people who are prone to any kind of abuse, they like insular communities that don't talk to the outside very much. Yeah. And so, like, being on a compound and, like, you also you go to to school on the same compound. You never really leave. They have all the necessities are there, but these people never really left. So, like, the outside community would, like, make rumors about them and stuff. So that's why, like, the AG of Vermont got involved, because they're like, well, what are these people doing over there? So yeah. that, did they have their own houses, or was it, like, still, like, family houses set up? Oh, no, like, I think people had individual rooms, and you could, like, switch, switch so rooms with your partner. So they all just lived in the one building? No. Yeah. Yeah. What, whoa, even... whoa, 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 <laughs> we got differing accounts. Well, the mansion uh, house, it was I think, a community was like, center. Yeah. Essentially. But I think some people actually live there, and I think More like, than likely, the yeah. communal daycare was there, too. Yeah, the east wing was the children's wing. Yeah. Oh, you can still go there today. It's like a... Uh, I wouldn't want to. It's a historical site. Yeah, and it, oh, they have apartments there now. It smells like little yeah, boy it's, juice. It's like apartments, <laughs> guest rooms. It's got a museum in it. So they had other buildings, but like you lived on the compound. Like, yeah, there were separate shit. buildings. What where are these shackles? That's the fuck rack. But they had they had a bunch of different branches. They had Brooklyn, New York, Wallingford, Connecticut, Newark, New Jersey, Cambridge, Vermont, and Putney, Vermont. Hey, I'm raping here. <laughs> and like I, I do appreciate that as opposed to most like creepy sex cults. Like it wasn't based on fraud and like uh Jim Jones stealing uh yeah. all people's checks. Uh, their welfare checks and shit, like, to make his money. Like, they had industry. People were working. Uh, they had a timber business. They had, a, yeah. they had the, obviously, the silverware business, a silk business. They, like, diversified their bonds and became very wealthy. <laughs> they made and, animal traps. And yeah, they, that was their yeah. big business at and first. And they grew and canned fruit. <laughs> Leather travel bags, palm leaf hats. So I'm not defending wow. the pedophiles, but, like, 
As far as pedophiles goes, these are these are legit ones. Yeah, they're industrials. Yeah, industrious pedophiles. Yeah, they eventually got up to three hundred followers. They weren't robber barons; they were raper barons. Hey. <laughs> now, loyal followers alerted John that he was about to be arrested again. This time, it was a big one. He was being charged with statutory rape. Kind of leading into this, uh, as pedophilia took its toll on John, as it does, he felt he had to pass the leadership role onto his son Theodore. Problem was, Theodore was agnostic, uh, which, if you don't know for whatever reason, that's like, eh, there may be not, there maybe is a god. So that's a huge problem in a religious sex cult. Um, and him and John Towers of the of the also of the community went to war over like the leadership role. Meanwhile, like you were saying with the insular nature and the rumors, Professor uh, John John Myers Myers I always never know how to pronounce it <laughs> led led a protest of clergymen against the Oneida, um, leading to war- leading to the warrants for statutory rape against pedo noise and. Uh, he fled the country in 1879, never to return to the U.S. And that was before Canada had, like, universal health care. So. Mm-hmm. When he was being charged with rape, this just kind person warned him <laughs> about it. And in the middle of the night, he fled to Ontario, Canada, where a group had set up one of their factories. So he had a place to go, get out of the country, and not be arrested for rape. <laughs> Well, they tried to keep going, but his son was a uh, agnostic, and then like the group kind of started to splinter. But they wanted to like keep it going because obviously, if if something's making you obscenely rich, you kind of have an attachment to it. Yeah. <laughs> um. At, w- once he fled the country, like they started slowly dissolving like the, most of the traditional practices. Uh, mm-hmm. Complex marriage was abandoned. They started bickering about when you should be allowed to get these kids and fucking. Was yeah. there a number two set up, or were they just all equal under him? Like where is there a person oh, when uh, left, we forgot just... about that uh, community criticism. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. one of their things. What's that? So you would, uh, you're probably familiar from rehab, Michael, um, where you would stand before the community uh, and they would uh, tell you about yourself and where uh, you were yeah, falling yeah. short. Yeah, I'm familiar. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that's part of rehab. Yeah, dude. yeah. There it, was like if there's roasts, like a series, there was roasts. Like not even like that, but it'd be like, bro, like. We're getting punished by like you not cleaning up your room and shit. Yeah. You know, so like just fucking step no, up. No, I was there's in like a serious one where they like literally roast you to death. There's yeah. a judge in uh somewhere in Texas. He makes people who get DUIs hold up signs by the side of the road saying like I don't care if I kill you. Mm. <laughs> like basically because I drive drunk. Yeah. And communal punishment is more effective than sometimes like, I don't know. just putting someone in jail. I... No, like never mind. Cur- like well, yeah. <laughs> the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where he has to wear a sign saying he stole a fork from the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, yeah. So basically, like, if you fucked up in the community, like, you showed signs of being possessive about property, yeah. people, yada, yada, you could be, um, you would have to stand before the community and everyone would, like, not everyone, but anyone who had something to say would say it to you. And you just had to take it and take it in stride. And uh, there is evidence of people writing about John Noyes himself having to receive community criticism. Um, but more than likely not as much as the average member of the community. He was probably just trying to show, like, I'm a part of this group, too. Like, I can get criticized. I can, I can take yeah. a roast, bro. Did they, did they have their own, like, jail or anything? Where they would just do that. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Nobody went like nuts. I, and, I like, never tried read. To kill someone. I didn't read anything about excommunication or banishing. Me neither, yeah. I, I think. I, 
I think yeah. it worked out pretty well. I don't like, think as far as pedophile sex cults. I don't think they were as strict as these other cults. Like, yeah. I don't think. I think they acted like they were more normal than like any other cult we learn about. It seems like most of the criticism was from the younger members that grew up in it because his yeah, son they, was disillusioned with it. They couldn't take the fucking. They couldn't poop <laughs> normal. An- <laughs> another one of the daughters of the community and a son both wrote tell-all books like at this time, mm-hmm. and the sons said that like his mom would sneak in to like give him hugs when the community wasn't looking that's so fucking weird yeah like yeah so you know like anyone been cheated on in this room nah, i'll nah. just raise my hand not that i so, know <laughs> so like that behavior that people exhibit when they do wrong you know where like when that happened she would check my phone make sure i wasn't talking to people yeah so that she exhibited her own these people don't really seem to exhibit the behavior of someone who thinks they're doing wrong they, yeah, it seems like they really just felt they were doing the right thing, like what they believed in was right, as opposed to like Jim Jones, where it's like, well, we need armed guards to protect yeah, it. Like, like you, you, you just act shady. You and do. like, yeah, if you try to hide the evidence of your crime, that's usually like an admission of guilt. And he, they didn't seem to do that. And like, I really want to emphasize, I'm not defending pedophiles. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, if there was a GoFundMe for the the hammer beater guy that just hunted down pedophiles and beat them <laughs> to death, I would pay for his uh, GoFundMe. Yeah. If there was a legal def- GoFundMe for him, like a legal defense, I would pay for it. But like, they they seem to have had genuine beliefs and that just got fucked up and led astray. Yeah, it looked very fucked up. Like it's completely wrong to ever fuck a kid. And I don't remember the exact dates, but the mm-hmm. uh, the age of consent in New York around the Civil War was like ten years old for women. Yeah, the wider society tended people tended to get married in their mid twenties. Yeah, and it was. It was kind of taboo to have a bride that young, but it had child so bride. Yeah, child bride. Old? So, like, the wider society didn't condone it, but it happened, and it was legally okay. So it wasn't, like, as crazy as we think it is now. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yeah. like... Well, I mean, historically, like, like, the Bible and, like, these teachings in general have, like, talks about, like, Mar- I believe Mary was fucking, like, 13 when she had Jesus. Yeah, she she wasn't pa- she wasn't out of her she wasn't past fifteen. I know well, I that. I feel like people died really young too. So yeah, like it, when you're like twenty, you're like halfway <laughs> done your life. Yeah, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm fucking Fuck, don't have a job. I'm nineteen. I don't have a house yet. <laughs> I'm living in Joseph's basement. It's making we're, me wood. We're still we're still in Joey's mom's house. <laughs> and even like in ancient Greece, it was average. The average man didn't get married until he was thirty. Yeah, I forget how me and my girlfriend got into that talk yesterday. Yeah. I think I think it might have been about Epstein. But that was economic constraints because you usually got a plot of land or established in your thirties when you're a man. Yeah, and a woman, like you hate your sexual, you become sexually mature at like thirteen when you're a woman, like you start menstruating. So you're physically capable of having a child at thirteen around there. But yeah, like uh, the only one I hear talk about, like ever talked about, like how fucked up ancient Greece was with the with the boy fucking was uh was childish Gambino of all people, <laughs> y'all y'all fuck boys like Socrates. Yeah, and I think that was a there's no birth control. Yeah, so I think they thought little boys were like for fun, but Jesus Christ, I'm not defending any no, of, no any more, of this, all right. any of this the, at all. It's just the words. We're yeah. done with the little boy talk. Yeah. Two months li- uh, <laughs> two months after moving to uh, Canada. He wrote a letter back to the community telling them it was time to abandon the practice of complex marriage. Everyone should just go back to their traditional life and poof. The communities dissolved and turned into the joint stock company. <laughs> just like that. Overnight. 
Yeah, and people tended to like pair off after this because they had their favorites, but they weren't allowed to show it. Yeah, beforehand. Like, yeah, so they took like a real wife and stuff. Yeah, and people knew who their children were because uh, when you did put in the application to have a kid, they would pair off to do that. Yeah. Like they actually planned like Mary and John are going to have a kid. So at the end of this, they all like just rounded up their kids and went on. Yeah, like they had complete control over, like they had to come to a community decision, right? When they wanted yeah. to make a baby. Yeah. Let's give, like, we didn't talk about like the, when they didn't want themselves to jerk off and stuff. Like well, they didn't want themselves to come. Male yeah. countenance. Yeah, we did. Did yeah, we well, talk about Well, noise uh, thought that like men would lose their essence if they nodded. So like. Essence of life. Yeah, like you'd be wasting your energy. So like it kind of there's like Reddit groups now that are like no fat. So they they never masturbate. They they try not to have sex because they want to store up their essence. And what would they do though to like practice it? Was there like little techniques and stuff? Or was... yeah, they, yeah, they practiced uh, hand smacking. Like when your hand <laughs> would get close, when your hand would get close to your genitals, you would have a, your boy would just. Nah. Smack your hand away. Are you serious? No. <laughs> they had to have done something. They can't just be like, he wasn't just like telling them. They, oh. just, they just had Chinese finger traps, so you couldn't <laughs> masturbate. That's why they had the, that system where they would have like the older, more devout members that were like postmenopausal women and older men teach the younger people of opposite sex into sex. And by teach, you mean fuck them? Yes. So okay. they would they would do practical application of what they learned. <laughs> um, even though like everyone was dissolving, he still had a great influence over his loyal followers. It didn't matter how far he was. People wrote him from around the country. Some even moved to Canada just to get closer to him again. Now this is a personal account of a woman who wrote John. She told him that two men had just proposed to her at the same time. Noise told her to reject both proposals <laughs> and marry the man he had picked out as a perfect match, telling her to marry Myron Kinsley, a guy who was 20 years older than her that would make a great husband. Now, Myron Kinsley was the guy who actually <laughs> tipped John off so he could escape the rape charge. And guess what? That young woman took his <laughs> advice and married Myron Kinsley. You gotta look out for your boys. With right? the hookup. I guess. <laughs> so he, I mean, until his end of his days, he still had followers to some extent. And he was, he could tell them anything. They would take his advice for anything. Yeah. So even though they, they weren't technically uh, the community anymore... I think he still lived that shit in private. Yeah. How can you give that up after so long? You can't. So he he was in Canada. He probably had like a little community in Canada still. I where mean, he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some of them were little. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I think Washington State. I think uh, there's probably more states than we know about, but uh, Washington State has a has pedophile island. Florida has uh, yeah. Pedoville. Yeah. Oh, I have. I did well, I got to watch the documentary, that. but yeah. Pedophile Island. Pedophile Island, Seattle. And then ped I think, I forget what it's called, but the Florida one. Florida has, the sh I believe, the strictest they, pedophile they laws have, in no, the country. They have the biggest pedophile community. But they have the strictest pedophile laws in the community. So you literally have to yeah. be like 
it's not something ridiculous, but it's a large, like, it's like you have to be a thousand feet away from a kid at all times. Yeah, so they so just picked an isolated when, area when, in the swamp. When the pedophiles get arrested, they get they go to this community so they can be living with all their pedophile brethren. <laughs> And, and scheme and make plans to heist children from the American community. God. Can but, you, like, vacation there? Like a shotgun. But, like, can, can you, like... <laughs> sounds terrible. Can you say, like, I'm going to vacation on pedophile island? <laughs> yeah, people are going to start looking at you weird. Oh, man, and that's I don't, probably so weird. I don't think it's a coincidence at all, but, like, around the 1880s, like, when this was going on and it was dissolving, the idea of age of consent needs to be higher and... Uh, like teenage years became like an extension of uh, being a child. Mm -hmm. Like at this time, like you were supposed to go to work and stuff when you like. Well, also like with, this is almost at the advent of modern medicine. Yeah. So, so like people, people are living, living longer. Yeah. Um, you aren't working slave hours at a factory all day. So laws and like moral standards are changing so that there's a people who have sex with younger people are frowned upon now more often. And then all of a sudden he stops doing this in public. Mm -hmm. There's no coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. John Humphrey Noyes died in Niagara Falls, April 13th, 1886. His body was returned to the Oneida Community Cemetery. Now Noyes, uh, his son, Pierre Pont, <laughs> took charge over the business and he focused solely on the silverware. And then he turned this business into Oneida Limited, and it became the largest producer of flatware in the world for most of the 20th century. The company just became a regular company after the 1880s. They started hiring a lot of outsiders to run it. So, like, the community just kept stock and, like, got the profits, but they hired a lot of uh, workers from the surrounding area. Mm. And they became, like, the largest employer in, like, I forget what county Oneida is in, but like the, almost the whole county. Mm -hmm. And then in the 90s, they started outsourcing the production to overseas. Yeah. And then in 2004, I think, or six, they filed for bankruptcy. And another company bought them. And then the company that bought them went into bankruptcy like a year or two later. <laughs> yeah, by, uh, by 1915, all the other businesses were sold in strictly silverware. This is completely dead now. Like there was no branch offs that kept this this thing going i did hear there was yeah. a promising young preacher in pedophile island <laughs> really yeah so wow the, the oneida might rise again <laughs> <laughs> so it's dead yeah if they, if they didn't practice pedophilia they it probably would have been a community that kept going i'm surprised they stopped like that like they broke up that fast a lot of these communities only have like a certain lifespan like they it, it's like a small business. A lot of small businesses don't go on to the next generation. So, so what was the timeline? It was like over 30 years, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, the, literally the people who had gotten fucked as kids, like... Uh, they wanted to nix it. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we should stop all this shit. And like, mm, this this is kind of cool, but not really though. So we'll just shut this shit down and get paid. And that's a pretty good reason to stop because like, if the people who grew up in it don't like it... yeah. Children, you, children of God still goes though. Could you imagine if your first time having sex was was, was with some dusty old woman? <laughs> you know, 
No. Like those the, those uh those uh twenty something uh mature women in your area that want to meet you now. Oh yeah, you're supposed to get hard candies, not hand jobs from old ladies. <laughs> She's got to take out her wooden dentures. <laughs> so that was it on John Humphrey Noise and the Oneida community and the pedophiles and the islands and all that shit. That's it, dude. That's it. This is a sad night. night. This is a sad day. <laughs> <laughs> that this this goes on in this world. Well, yeah, a lot of these communities start with good ideas, and then at some point it goes wrong. It and it's usually a sex wrong. crime. <laughs> always so it's a sex wrong. crime with a child. <laughs> so thanks, Sean Kleins and Brian Davies. I'm Mike Bonomo. This is Fight the Fate. Okay. Bye, man. <laughs>